Fed Talks is a podcast for theater teachers and theater education students. Hi, I'm Dr. Jimmy Chrisman, theater education professor at Illinois State University. Each week I bring you stories and interviews from experienced K-12 theater teachers, current theater education majors, professors of theater education, and teaching artists that will warm your heart, renew your faith in teaching, and provide resources to better your practice in your theater classroom. So grab your coffee or glass of wine, plug in your headphones, or turn up your car stereo, and relax. Thanks for joining me for these heartwarming conversations and practical advice from other theater teachers on the front lines making a difference in their students' lives each and every day. I am really excited to welcome to this episode of Fed Talks Abe Ramirez from San Antonio, Texas. He teaches at Davenport High School in the Comal Independent School District in your 10th year of teaching, correct? Yep, number 10. Awesome. Well, welcome to the show. Introduce yourself and just share a little bit about your your journey from where it all began to where you are now. All right. Um, uh, well, my name is Abram Maris. Um, you said it, tenure. It's uh, weird to think I've been doing this for a decade already. Um, I started in um, doing pageants at uh, my church, um, not realizing that I was performing, and then of course, you go to your uh, middle school and they're like, hey, you're very outgoing and loud and you want to be part of our one-act play. What is one-act play? And then you do it. Then you want to win an award. You're like, well, this feels good. Maybe I should do this. And then you go to a magnet school for theater. And then it just goes off from there. Um, then you go to high school uh, or go to college, graduate high school and go to college. And then you go to Southwestern University where um, you get a BFA in acting uh, with the emphasis in the directing portion of it. Um, so that's where I, I did a lot of bulk of my learning of how to direct and also stage management as well. Um, their argument that in order to be a good director, you got to be a good stage manager, which in my mind makes sense. Um, uh, and so I still freelance as a stage manager every once in a while. And then um, from there, I got my first job because I knew I wanted to be a teacher and um, started teaching at a uh, 4A high school. I was a technical director there for one year and then moved to another school for another technical director job and then moved back home <laughs> to San Antonio and then um, finally got a, co- a good co-relationship um, where we both had equal good acting and tech. So it was really beautiful because she never wanted to do musicals, and so I did. And so she would tech my musical, and I would direct it and choreograph it. And I would tech her her straight play and was had fun with the designs and all that. And then for one act play, it's just all of us coming together. So that was a beautiful um, work relationship that I had um, here in San Antonio at East Central High School with the Maggie Boos. I love her to death. Um, and then from there, I moved to Harlan, where I was another technical director. <laughs> And then finally got a gig where I was head of my own program here at Davenport. And that's where I've been for a year. And now I'm going into my second semester here. Nice. Well, talk a little bit more about the the early days and with the pageants at church and, and kind of how, how all that shaped where where it all began really and and influenced you. Uh, Well, I am a PK. Uh, If those who don't know, that's short for pastor's kid. Um, And so Everyone just rolled their eyes. Did you hear that? <laughs> <laughs> the collective rolled their eyes. Um, but um, so I was made, I was forced to do all the stuff, the pageants and stuff. And the pageants that we did were literally like scripts. Like they would buy the rights to these scripts that came with like, like kind of like MTI show kit. And it was like a show in a box from here it all is. Um, so that, I did that really young, like when I was like six, seven. So I was doing all this theater stuff, but I didn't know what theater was, right? Um, So I was doing all this theater stuff um, in the church. And even to the point where, because my dad was the minister, I would have to learn how to do microphones. I would have to balance him. I would have to learn how to use run projectors and like having the bulletin, typing it up, making sure it's in order, knowing the cue, for everything not knowing again i was literally being trained to be working in the field that i'm working in um as a pk um then um it wasn't until again like when i went to middle school where i was uh got round up and doing an actual play my first time doing like a real real play in my head little did i know i was like oh i know how to do this i know how to memorize lines i know how to make my mark and stop and then 
do it. Um, and so that's when it kind of all came together when I went uh, in middle school. We did Aesop's Fables or Aesop's Clinic. That's what it was based off of Aesop's Fables. And I was Aesop. I got an award. And then I just, I mean, who, 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 who wouldn't want to continue after you got praised? <laughs> <laughs> so I just kept doing it. Um, yeah. And then from there, luckily in the San Antonio area that I was at, um, there was a, I went to a school, I went to four different high school, well, three different high schools during my, my whole um, high school career because I was a PK, moved around a lot. That's just the nature of the game. Um, but I was luckily enough, uh, lucky enough to join um, the magnet school that SAISD had at that time, San Antonio Independent School District, which was called Thomas Jefferson High School. And Thomas Jefferson the FAMA program, the Fine Arts Magnet program back in the day was amazing. And if nobody has ever Googled Thomas Jefferson High School in San Antonio, Texas, please do because the architecture is pristine from the 1920s when it first was built. And it is a beautiful proscenium. Like, and then you still have, you have the wooden boards on the stage. Like it's still wood. Those planks are still there. The seats are wood. Like it is beautiful, but also a, a safety hazard. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but the, I recently, uh, this is a tangent, but one of my ex-students um, from East Central is now the technical director there. And so it was like a full circle. Oh, cool. Yeah. An even bigger full circle moment with that just i just love telling the story um he was uh he was a recipient of what is known as the um oh my god the name is escaping me robert uh um robert ream scholarship and robert ream was the theater director at um, thomas jefferson when i was about to go in my um junior year unfortunately robert ream fell because it's an older theater and there's no safety nets they still had those um lips in the stage where the old lights used to be plugged in for the footlights um he accidentally tripped and fell into the pit oh. and so he was paralyzed for five years and unfortunately after that five years he passed away so the foundation that he was really close to made a scholarship for theater kids who are wanting to study theater in his name and that year, my student was going to college and got a, got some scholarships to go to um, uh, Corpus Christi. And he received the scholarship. And so I was there to be his teacher to help him receive the scholarship for the Robert Ream uh, scholarship that I was one of his like predecess predecessor students. And now he's teaching at that school. And so I just had a full like a moment where I just sobbed. Um, when he told me he got the job and he was excited. I was like, you're working where? You know, that's why I was. He's like, oh, that's why your picture is there. I was like, yeah, that is. <laughs> uh, but that's a tangent. But uh, so, yeah, so I went to and I studied there under uh, Joseph Brown, um, who uh, preceded uh, Mr. Ream. And I that I did not know what theater was until I joined that program. I'll tell you that. I was so raw, so green jumped in with all these students who wanted to be there in the magnet program. And it was like fame. Like it was really, it was really intense, but it was one of those um, sink or shrimp swim situations. And then of course I had to move. <laughs> and then uh, we moved to Channel View High School, Channel View, Texas, um, where I kind of stepped away from theater and did choir more, but then I was cast in the musical and then they wrangled me up to do a one act play again. And I was like, yeah, sure. Why not? Loved it. Um, that was with Kathleen Dowdy. She was amazing. Um, and then from there, got a chance to move back to San Antonio. And then um, was supposed to go to a different high school in Northside ISD. But I emailed my um, Mr. Brown, Joseph Brown. I was like, hey, I'm coming back into town. I know it's a magnet program and I was in it before. Is there a chance that I can just come back and have my spot? And he was like, of course, just come back. So I was able to go back and um, kind of rekindle the relationships I had there and continue my work there. And then also there's when I fell in love with dance. I was not a dancer until that year because the dance teacher, uh, Miss Jamie Hatley, um, she basically found me and was like, you're good. You should be doing this. Because my best friend was in the dance team. So I would in the morning go 
in there, hang out, and then also like warm up and stretch with them. And then she noticed I was doing pirouettes properly without any training. And she's like, what, what is happening? <laughs> like, who are you? I was like, well, I do this. So it was at that time, first period, I had Spanish too because something with my schedule, or I had Spanish one. I already took Spanish, I had a credit for Spanish two, but my Spanish one credit like messed up. And so my Spanish two teacher was like, why are you, my Spanish one teacher was like, why are you here? I was like, they messed up my credit. She's like, we'll do this test. And I did the test and she's like, looked at it. She's like, okay, is there anywhere you want to go? Like, I was like, <laughs> can I go to the dance room? She's like, yeah, go. So every day I would check in with her, do the assignment. And then she'd hand it in and she'd know where I'd be going to the dance room. And then that's kind of how that love came in um, for dance. And she, uh, the dance teacher, Jimmy Hadley, really took me under her wing and I learned so much um, and got confidence in my dancing because um, I didn't realize how technical it was. And she put me through it like I was sore every day. Um, then, unfortunately, again, had to move. <laughs> and we went down south to far Texas where I went to school at PSJA North with the infamous, uh, I shouldn't say infamous, but he's just the famous Gilbert Zepeda. Um, he's just this bigger than life personality and amazing theatrical Texas theater program, God, in my opinion. Um, and he uh, just took me under his wing like no one's business. Like I was there the whole time. And um, that's where he gave me some lead, like kind of like, hey, why don't you, I didn't get a lead. I got, well, I got JoJo in, in Seuss because of my my skills. And I was a short little Mexican. They're like, yeah, you're going to be JoJo. Um <laughs> But for the one act, I didn't get a lead role, which I knew wasn't going to happen. But he was like, but I want you because you know what you're doing. Go and talk with these people and kind of coach them and help them. And it was in that moment and that trust that he gave me to go talk to these other students, my fellow like underclassmen. And I, I was like, this is fun. Like, this is cool. Like, I like doing this coaching. And that's where it got in my head. Like, I could be uh, a Gilbert. I could be a Mr. Sabetha. And so when I was looking at colleges, because I was a uh, PK, we we're in the Methodist church. I was smart and knew I'd get scholarships for going to a Methodist church already um, because I had no money. Like we had, <laughs> I wasn't going to be able to afford this. Or I'm still paying for it to this day. Um, but uh, I went to, uh, there's two choices in Texas because I didn't want, I got accepted to some schools out of state, couldn't afford it. Um, so I um, applied to uh, McMurray University and Southwestern University. Those are the two Methodist universities um, that are here in Texas that are a little bit smaller because I knew I didn't want to go to a big university because I wouldn't get stage time. Are you kidding me? Um, so uh, went to one of them, didn't like the vibe, didn't feel it. Um, and then Southwestern, I missed the deadline for on a schedule of an audition. But so happens after the horrible time I had at the other one, Southwestern um, uh, called uh, Alison Frost, I like. Oh, I will never forget this. She's like, "There's been a drop. Do you would you like it?" And I was like, "Oh my god, yes!" Because like I just called like literally that the day before. I was like, "Oh, there's no more. That sucks." Because I really wanted to try it. So she called me immediately after the drop happened and said, "There's one. Do you want it?" I was like, "Yes, absolutely. When is it?" You're the first one of the day. I was like, "Oh, okay." So literally, as we're driving from Abilene, I'm having to stop at San Essay quickly find another song to sing because they wanted more um, than what the um, than uh, Abilene wanted. So I was like, oh, crap, I don't know what to do. So I'm like in the car, listening to the song, memorizing it as I'm preparing for this audition. The first one of the day, I didn't have a headshot. My resume was crap. I didn't know what a theater resume was. Um, and so uh, I went in, did my monologue, sang my song, and my professor, uh, Mr. Richard Romer, who was there, took off his glasses and said, how long have you had that song? And I was like, <laughs> learned it this morning. And he was like, well, that's pretty impressive, but it shows. I was like, cool. That's when I realized I got read. <laughs> I got read by my professor. Uh, but during that, um, that uh, uh, exchange, um, they offered me right then and there a scholarship and they wanted me to be in their program. And I was just like, oh, this is what this feels like. Um, and then from there on, I was super enthralled and happy and I loved, loved Southwestern. Was well, the best 
and the hardest experience of my life um, was at Southwestern University, but I learned so much and had so many opportunities that really shaped who I am as an artist. And then uh, as soon as I graduated, I graduated, like I said, a BFA in um, acting, but with an emphasis in directing. So I was more of a directing emphasis uh, on all my classes. And I got to uh, direct two of the main stage shows um, in the season, which was fun and exciting. And then uh, from there, I went straight into doing my alt cert. And then that's when I started my education, theater educational career. So I, you, when you mentioned the, the about, about being a, a pastor's kid and the shows in a box, I you, you, you brought up memories for me from my own experience. My father was the minister of music. And wow. I remember those shows on a box very well. Um, With the cassettes. Uh-huh, yeah. <laughs> and I I wanted to do those do those all the time with, with our youth group. And I think there were like four of us who wanted to do it. The rest of them were like, no, we're not doing that. So the four of us would like do what we could with the, with the show in a box. Oh, gosh, I remember that. And then I like I, I was I would sit in the booth and and run the accompaniment tracks for the songs in the worship service and, and make sure the levels. Fall asleep. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I, you, oh, all those memories I had forgotten all about. till you said that. Um, so with, with all the, the moving around that you did uh, as a PK and, and the phenomenal experiences you had as you did that, um, I, I, please correct me if I'm wrong, but like you didn't know any different. Like that was just the way of life. Right. How do you think that impacted you now? Well, (laughs) my therapist would say something else. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I think, well, for me, it, it really helped me ground myself to what I enjoyed because I was scared. Like you were moving, you're scared. You don't know anyone. So you have to put that facade Right, mm-hmm. you have to be the uh, put uh, put that like new kid glow, as they all say, on um, and not show fear. Um, but it helped me. I knew with every move what was going to be consistent. I was going to be in the theater program. Mm-hmm. I was I was going to try my best um, to be in the theater program, and that's that's what I really wanted to do. Um, and so, I think for me. It helped with that being open, right? Just to be open. I also think it helped me really um, learn quickly. And uh, if you moved around a lot, you probably know this. Really quickly how to trust and read mm-hmm. people, right? Like you you have all these different sorts of people around you and you have to, your guard's always up as a new person. So you got to be like, okay, who, what, which person is the right person to go like to link up with and like which per, which group is the good group bad group like you 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 learn you have this innate skill to really like uh read and like understand who a person is so that i gained that which i really it's helpful for me as a teacher because i mean i my kids always make fun of me because they say i read them to filth whenever I want to. And I was like, you're right. So watch out. <laughs> and, but I know, like, I always, I always know, like, after um, just spending like a few months with them, the first, uh, last semester, my kids were like, I could tell when something was wrong. And they're like, how do you know that? I was like, y'all, like, I can see it. Nobody else did. Well, nobody else is me. Um, but I learned that. But I also, I took something from each and every one of those departments. I think that's really shaped me as a theater educator, my my personal program. Like I was able to get a taste of almost every single main region of Texas and how they work, they operate, what the expectation was. And then I was able to kind of get that and kind of mix it in a big pot and have my own version of that since I was able to graciously be a part of all those programs. Um, but that's something else I took as well. Um, on top of the personal stuff. Yeah. 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 That's awesome. That's fascinating. Are you a regular listener of fed talks and have always wondered how you can be a guest on the show? Well, this is how you sign up to be a guest on fed talks and join the ranks of all the other amazing theater educators that have been on the show. All you do is go to www.fedtalks.com and right at the top of the page, there's a link that says register as a guest. Click that and then you'll be taken to a page where you fill out some information and hit submit. And once you do, you'll be taken to a scheduling link where you can schedule a time to have an 
interview with me and share your stories and resources here on the show. You may think, I don't really have something to talk about. Nobody wants to hear my stories. You know what? Every single guest who I have talked to has pretty much said the same thing. And we have a fantastic conversation. And hopefully those stories and what you're hearing keep bringing you back. So I promise you, you have things that people want to hear. And I want to hear from you. www.fedtalks.com and click register as a guest. Stop thinking about it and just do it. I can't wait to talk to you soon. Um, so you, you studied acting and directing um, in your, your undergrad program, and you, you, you also had the, the stage management stuff, which you still use. And I'm going I'm to dig into that, the, the, <laughs> the whole feeding, feeding the artist as well while you're still teaching in a little bit. Um, with, with the focus in acting and directing, how did, you, how did you end up as technical director of the schools? Isn't that fun? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, my, one of my, uh, I love Southwestern University. I, I, I like, hindsight's always twenty twenty, but I really loved my experience there. I enjoyed it and wouldn't trade it for the world. Um, some of, I'm still close to my professors there, um, but my men, one of my mentors during the time um, told me that, uh, if I wanted a job and I really wanted a job in um, theater to get my foot in the door, I have to do tech. Mm. You have to learn tech because everyone is needing a technical director and most schools you'll be by yourself most of the time. So you need to know how to do the tech. So what was good about my, the program there is uh, like every theater. Well, I don't know if every theater programs like this, but I just know Southwestern was, you had to do um, uh, all three. You had to do all three if you if you could. You had to do a costume um, class and work um, your laps. You had to do your laps. So you had to do costume lab. You had to do lighting lab. You had to do um, set lab. Um, and I remember I arrived in set lab because I used to build stuff with my dad. I knew how to use all the power tools and everything. So I really thrived in there. Um, I really was interested in lighting. Um, loved it because I was like, yes, electricity. Um, it was really fun to do all that. And then, of course, costume. My mom taught me how to sew um, from an early age. Um, and I'll never forget this. It was, uh, was it was it Carrie? Yeah, Carrie, um, Carrie uh, our costume um, uh, professor was like, Abe, can you come here? And then I went to the sewing machine. She's like, can you sew this? pattern for me and um, just follow the instructions and she sat like stood over me and I was like okay I threaded the needle I did all of that I did what the pattern said and I was like is this what you want and she's like yes you that was your costume lab for the whole year you need to go downstairs and help with the set because they need help <laughs> because, all the, <laughs> because all the seniors graduated and the TAs went there so she's like um, the, 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 the shop manager asked and requested um, for you to go down there if you can. She's like, this was your final. She's like, I knew you can sew. I just needed to look at it and see it. And I'm like, yep, you can. And so I didn't have a costume lab that year because I had to go downstairs and help with the set. Um, so that was just a fun story. But yeah, no, so I really dug in and I took design classes. I took a set design class, one of my favorite classes. I took a lighting design class as well. Because again, um, my acting professor, who's also the directing professor, Richard uh, Romer, he basically said, if you want to be a good director, understand how to create concepts and to build this world, you have to know how to do it, literally. Because once you understand that, the communication with all the other designers that you are working with, if you get the chance to, it's a little bit easier. And so it's not like the miscommunications isn't there. Um, and so I valued that and I took all those classes. Of course I took acting classes and I took my directing classes, but I was making sure that I knew, cause in my head I was like, if I'm by myself, I gotta take a show and I don't wanna look like crap. <laughs> I just don't. And so um, that's why I took all those tech classes and then I used that to my advantage when I got my jobs cause I had a portfolio that I had um, and they saw it, they're like, well, yep, I guess you can do it. I was like, yeah, I can. Oh, and that's how that happened. Your your 
uh, your costuming lab is so different than mine. <laughs> uh, I I got kicked out of mine uh, because <laughs> I kept I broke three of the four industrial sewing machines yeah. the week before a tech week. Um, and so my 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 professor Bob Krogan, God bless him, I love him to death, but he said, "I will give you a B if you just do not come back to my classroom." Because <laughs> he was, I was going to break everything. So, oh, I love that. I love that story, though. Um, but uh, I hope my students are listening to this episode uh, because I I tell them all the time: take as many tech classes as you can beyond what's listed on our our program requirement. Go if you have an opening, go take another tech class. Go do something. Go work in the costume shop. Go go help paint something. Go build something. Um, so I, I appreciate you sharing that and the importance of that. You have to, yeah, because you don't want to be in a situation where, okay, you know how to get a clock, you know how to do um, um, Meisner, okay, great. What are they going to do it on? Yeah. yeah. Are they going to be lit? <laughs> do you know how to work a ETC element? <laughs> Which are, to us are uh, not that old, but you know, like, there's a difference between the element and the ion. You got to know both. <laughs> yeah. um, so all that, uh, I really took that to heart because in my head, I was like, okay, worst case scenario, I'm by myself. I'm by myself. I'm by myself, which I ended up being by myself. <laughs> so um, uh, uh, it really did come in handy. So yeah, and I wish I took a prop making class because there's some like materials that I don't know how to use that I keep asking friends that did or just friends that are better at crafts than me it's just to help me see it through but yeah no absolutely take yeah. all the tech classes because you never know i wish you best and i hope you get that acting gig but the tech is a good is what it's gonna pay yeah because um, that's how i paid um just to have my fun money was because i knew how to um circuit um and hang in focus lights um our our, our uh, don day was his name he was our um shop manager and he was also worked freelance downtown austin and would um work with this children's company and he would be the lighting designer so he'd have his schedule he'd have his assignments and so he would hire his like the best students he his favorites and we would there's only two of us and we were so short, like I'm 5'3". Shelby was also like 5'2". So it was funny when we had a dead hang lights because like I would have to hold on to her and then reach her <laughs> over because we were so short. But we got the job done in less than like an hour because we knew how to read a schedule. We knew which lights to get for what. We knew it was easy money and then we could go and have our um, college fun afterwards, you know? Yeah. Um, it does pay. It really does pay. And it also builds that resume easily. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I, I know I'm talking to you right now. It's uh, 745 at night. Um, you're, yeah. you're still sitting in your classroom. Um, yeah. So what does Abe do to feed that artist that's in him still? Or do you get um, to? Uh, I do. I still try to do as much uh, theater outside as possible. It's been limited now that I'm the head director and sole director. So my time has been very... Um, overtaken <laughs> um but i try my best to also make sure i'm challenging my artistic self with through my students if that makes sense mm -hmm. so that means like what shows i have i not done yet right what shows have uh do i feel uncomfortable directing or uncomfortable staging and i see if that also matches what they also need and then i go in and i marry the two um like um we did a, uh, well, right now we're doing the Scottish play, right? And I've always wanted to direct it. And I've, I uh, felt like this would be the right year, the right cast for it. But I also didn't want to do it like regular Shakespeare. I wanted to um, put some flair on it. So I'm a, not adapting it, but I'm setting it during like the 1987 um, Black Thursday Mm. sort of era and it's all business so i tell the kids it's like this movie that you shouldn't see but maybe go watch a trailer of called american psycho with shakespeare put that together uh. <laughs> so that's kind of what we're doing now and it's a great it's, it might work might not work but we're having so much fun like discovering things and that's why they were here uh 
still talking with me, wanting to talk about it and having ideas. And have you seen Secession yet? I'm like, no, I haven't yet, but I will because you told me to. <laughs> um, but that's kind of what I do. But I also try to find gigs as, as much as possible, especially when I was an assistant, um, I had more free time. And so I would uh, try to perform in shows if I could. I'd also try to um, stage manage. I got called to stage manage a lot because um, word got out, I'm a pretty good stage manager. And so, um, uh, so I would do that just to kind of be able to talk to adults which is nice yeah. <laughs> and being around adults. Um, so that really did fit, uh, feed it. And I, it is something I'm missing right now, but um, the kids and having those discussions with the kids, I really want it. And you see the, the passion in their eye. I just can't wait to help them and then see their, see them accomplish or head towards their accomplishments. That's all. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, I want to, I'm going to ask you just a, a question. This is just for me and it's not part of anything you sent me, but um, I think those of us who are not in Texas, um, we, we hear about Texas in the news. We hear about it all over the place. And for some people, it can seem like a very scary, daunting state to be in. Um, but I also know that Texas is leading the way in supporting the arts and specifically theater in the state. What do you think is some of the most important things that, that we as theater teachers and specifically those theater teachers in Texas can do to support their kids uh, during this crazy time? And, and, and it may be very different there than what we, we outside hear and think. So uh, can you talk a little bit about that for me? <sighs> um, did y'all hear the deep side? Um <laughs> I, I mean, with the understanding that I um, was a PK, obviously I grew up in the church, um, and you hear Methodist, you're like, oh, okay, John Wesley, we know what he preaches. Of course, that's what I was raised on. But also, I was raised more on a traditional Methodist upbringing, um, specifically with the preachings of what my father was preaching. And it was a rough process for me um, to accept who I am. Um, they fought me of doing theater tooth and nail the whole time. Um, obviously, um, uh, I don't think they can see it, but I wear loud clothes uh, and I'm a proud gay man now, but um, they, uh, it was hard. It was hard. So I, I guess that's why I was so easy to read people and try to mm. find that group that I wanted to when I moved around a lot because I had to find my my safe space. I had mm -hmm. to desperately find my my safe haven that I could be myself truly when I couldn't when I was out when I couldn't be when I was at home. So with that said and that in mind, I feel like I have a little bit more adeptness when it comes to my students. When I can tell that something's wrong or when things do happen, I know how to word things in ways where it's not gonna offend everyone, but it will get the point across so that those who are maybe right, because not because of probably what they believe, but probably almost likely it was what their parents believe, right? Don't offend anybody in the left. Uh, what's again, same thing, not because maybe what they believe, but what their parents believe and vice versa. So I try my best to really make sure every one of my students, every single one of them, even the ones that annoy the heck out of me and I wish they would just remove from my class, but just know that every single one of them I love and I will always go to that for them if they need me to. Um, and so a lot of the times it's just making sure we as teachers, especially arts and elective teachers, because we're the reason why the kids are here. We are, the, that's that's just point blank. We are the reason why the kids come to school or at school um, is to, it's for us. And it's maybe not for theater, but maybe it's because of ag. Maybe it's because of um, how, uh, health and lifestyle. But like all of, all of that said, meaning um, just I'm trying my best to just make sure I have a safe space for them when even if the outside world is hmm. as soon as they walk in my space with my people they can feel that they have at least a breath if not uh fresh air that they can breathe and be themselves entirely because i have some, i have some instances where i have to make sure i 
I switch pronouns when I'm talking to parents. And I have to make sure that I'm on top and on top of that. And it's hard and it's super hard. And I've expressed to my students, like I'm doing my, I'm do the best I'm trying to, but sometimes I get batty brained and I'm, I'm going at 100 <laughs> off the gate and they understand. And, you know, but they know what they see that, like, they know, like I'm, I'm trying. And I'm also just that I would do anything for them. And the fact that I'm just always constantly apologizing about it and always constantly like just communicating to them about it they feel seen for lack of a better word, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I appreciate you, you, you sharing that and, and, and being vulnerable, vulnerable about that. Um, I think it's important. And I, my, my, my husband had to check me not too long ago. Cause I, I, one of my students, I was so diligent all their first semester on campus and uh, with their, their trans experience. And I, I did everything I could to welcome and, and make them know that this was a place for, for them. And uh, just a couple of weeks ago, I, I misgendered them. Um, and I had never done that. And I was so upset at myself. Um, I, I, in the moment, I apologized and I corrected myself. And I said, I don't know why I did that. Um, and I didn't want to make it a big moment for everyone involved. But later that night when I spoke with him about it, he was like, but, but that apology is just as important. And, and, and you correcting yourself in front of people is just as important as, as doing the right thing all the time. So I appreciate you sharing that. It's it's, it's just, uh, it's, it's what I always uh, tell them my long speech at the beginning of the year. It's always just that communication. Yeah. A lot of times when there's quarrels, when there's fights, it's just literally because of lack of communication or miscommunication. Mm -hmm. So if we just talk, imagine, we'd understand a little bit more. Hey, theater educators, this is Jimmy Chrisman. If you have ever wondered how you can support the podcast in any way, well, I'm about to tell you. Fed Talks podcast has always been and will always be a free podcast that I put out there for you teachers. I know you don't make a lot of money. I don't make a lot of money as a university professor. But if the podcast is something that has helped you out or that you just really want to find a way to support us, this is how. Visit www.buymeacoffee.com slash PC. And there you can make a donation right to the expenses of the show to help offset those costs. I thank you in advance for what you will do. Thank you for those of you who have donated. I appreciate it. And even if you can't make a donation, I still appreciate you. Just continue to listen and continue to share. That website again is www.buymeacoffee.com slash PC. So tell me a little bit more about your program and, and the work that you do there. Cause you've got musical theater, you got tech theater, you're still building a program where you are. Um, and then you've even shared with me about the, the, the tech theater units that you've worked on with your colleagues and you got so much going on. Tell us about your program. <laughs> it's, it's funny you say that. I'm like, no, I don't. <laughs> Not doing enough. Um, <laughs> my thing is always wanting to give kids opportunities. That's all I want. Because as a theater nerd myself and lover, like I just want to perform, right? I just, that's all you want to do. Um, so my goal is always to give my kids the opportunity to do that, right? Um, which is why I offer as many op- shows that we do. This season we're doing six. Okay, I know that's a lot, and especially for a person by themselves. Um, everyone calm down right um i'm still alive but um i say that because i want to give my kids opportunities because how else are they going to grow as artists if i don't throw curveballs at them right um our first show that we did of the year was opera it was a fun easy one-act play like it was very lax but it was high comedy and they haven't done that before we had to use our bodies it was a very abstract kind of performance if uh you're familiar with uh, the that particular show you know the beggars come in and they build things out of their bodies and hold trash and they build all the sets around them so it was a very different um type of acting that they had to do and they did it great right and i wanted to make sure that they had that to start with and then when it comes to musicals i always i have a very great group of kids but when i do musicals i always think of course you want to think about what's going to sell because that is how you build a program because you've got to think about a lot of a lot of people don't realize that oh, theater programs are like little mini 
companies, like little CEO companies. And if you're a theater director, you you have to know how to run one and how to function and operate under that guys right and so when i'm thinking about shows and musicals right you think about what the community wants what they will buy tickets for but also what's my kid what are my kids gonna want to be in because if you're if you don't they don't like the show it's gonna be a problem to crop your show um and this year i picked seuss and i revealed what it was uh in may of last semester and they were like we're doing seussical i was like y'all are not even giving it any tries so like listen to the songs they're like bah. and then over the summer they came back yo sue slaps i was like i know i know <laughs> <laughs> they're like that song oh the things i was like i know you guys are ridiculous um and it was great and i was told it was one of the best performances that we've done so far um which made me feel really good because i was really worried about it because i was doing i added more tech to it because um, selfishly, I was trying to prove a point to my admin that I, I, if you want this caliber of a musical, and mind you, it was a junior version that I did because I'm not that crazy, guys. Um, but I did the junior version of it, but I had great sets and up the ante. But I was like, I nearly killed myself to do this. I need some help, if you could please. Um, but we did good. And also, it's me training the kids in my tech program what, who built it and painted it and made it made it great. Um, Helped out with that. So that was one of the shows that like all my whole department kind of just kind of all came together for. Um, but when it comes to, uh, and then we do the one act play, which we have to do in Texas, which is a competition piece. Um, and then I'm doing a children's show with my theater two, three, four classes. So, uh, which I'll, I'll go back and talk about my academic, like how I set up my courses. And then at the end of the year, I'm gonna do a musical theater review um, with my musical theater class. Um, so I guess I can do, is that five or six? What am I doing? Six, five. I can't count. Anyways. <laughs> um, so, um, but with that said, um, you have their theater one classes and those are my, I love those classes. Those are my favorite classes. They're, they're my babies. They're my babies. They're the ones I always like, they say something and I go like, what are you talking about? Um, but um, th- that's the intro level courses and those are fun because they have no they have nothing at stake they don't care about after school they have nothing at stake so that's where you can play and have fun with them um and i the way i do it i tactfully am training them because at the end of the year they're going to do oh that's where the other one is at the end of the year they're going to do a in-class performance for um an invited audience of their peers um so we just did monologues Right, we, we, we start straight off of memorization. I have them memorize the school alma mater, that way they know it. So when we go to football games, I'm sure that school pride, right, go Wolves. Um, they're, they're memorizing that, but then also moving into, okay, here is, let's create a monologue. How do we create a monologue, okay? Now you're writing a monologue, now you're gonna perform it for some people. Okay, now that you've read a monologue and you've uh, performed it, now we're gonna do an actual scripted monologue. What is the difference? And then slowly getting them to the point where, uh, this we just are finishing up our theater arts our theater history unit, um, where I go over all the basic ones like Greek, Roman, uh, Commedia dell'arte, Shakespeare, Japanese, and no. And then right now they're finishing up their projects that they had to do because I needed some time alone in order to do the stuff I needed to do. I'm like, yeah, you're working on your project. <laughs> student centered is what it is, everybody. It's tutors, student centered. <laughs> that is. Um, and so, uh, but we're going to go into duet scenes. Now we're scaffolding up from doing just acting on your own. Now you know how to do that. Now we're acting up, doing it with another person. What? Crazy. And then getting them comfortable enough to do bigger scenes so we can do an actual play at the end of the year. Um, so that's Theater Arts 1. Then my advanced class, Theater Arts 234, is a, um, a scaffolding class. And in that class, those are the kids that loved it and came back. I was really surprised that they came back. <laughs> Some of them, I'm like, I thought you hated me. Why are you here? <laughs> but they're back um, because they loved it. They secretly loved it, right? And so with that class, it's more project-based where I teach them um, isolated projects. Like they just finished and it was great. It was great. We just finished our Shakespeare unit where they had to research a, uh, we uh, talked about adaptations, what that means. And they had to research a Shakespeare show. And then they had to come up with their own modern adaptation of that within five minutes. And so they wrote, they had to group themselves, 
find a script. I made them choose three first and then already tell me the plots of those three and then come up with maybe some ideas for it to start brainstorming and then they'd have arguments and it's great when they have arguments and because uh, they're artistic arguments and I love hearing that brainstorming session because you're like they're talking about King Lear that's crazy <laughs> <laughs> and how and how it would relate to TikTok and it worked I thought it was stupid <laughs> I was like guys this sounds stupid but if you're gonna make it work make it work and it was brilliant it was like the best version of king lear that i understood and i was like this makes sense okay work <laughs> um, they did um then i had another great one of uh antony and cleopatra which was um a business art uh, a music business mogul and then his star um uh, performer cleo with a k <laughs> and it was great and like it made sense and that was so it's like small projects like that which we just moved into now we're doing our um children getting ready for the children's show where they're we just read the script of pinocchio we're doing pinocchio we just read the script that's why i'm wearing my pinocchio shirt um we just read the script and um now i they're starting to find their monologues because i don't want them to find it from the script i want them to train themselves how to find a monologue that sounds similar to this character they want right and then um the tech are ones who want to do tech are now researching trying to be the best lighting person and showing me images and references okay when we go into the shark i think we're going to do this kind of lighting because this kind of represents water and they're just going to try their best to um prove to me that they want that job right so interview skills um audition skills all that is happening with that class and so they will perform that later on in the year and so that's a class project and we don't have to stay after school it's just all in-house so that's how i was able to do that um, and then, then I have my varsity class. The varsity is exactly what you think when you think varsity. Those are the students that are there for theater. Those are your kids that stay after school every day with you. Those are the kids that stay here and never leave you alone talking about <laughs> their character work and um, all that fun stuff. And so that's what that class is. And that class is always fun. And that class, we're always just working or we're pausing and I'm teaching them about a specific type of acting style um, so that they can grow and so they can use that for the performance and production. So it's technically a production class, but we call it varsity. Um, what's after that? Oh, musical theater class. Ha! The musical theater class um, is just what you think. It's musical theater. So at the beginning of the year, they're just focusing on doing the show. And they have to be in the musical. They have to be. You're in musical theater class, you're going to be in the show. So we're learning the songs. I'm teaching them the dances already. So when we have after school rehearsals, they're my dance captains. And so they teach all the ones who can't be in that class, all that stuff. We're blocking as we're going. So it goes by a lot quicker, which is we were able to do Seuss in less than, I think what, what they told me six weeks. We did Seuss in six weeks. Um, and I was pretty proud of it. I was worried. I was worried, <laughs> but we did it because I think that class really helped. And then I have students and I'm pushing them to be leaders to help me by myself and they do it. Um, and it was great. It was beautiful. Um, and then now that the musical is over now, I, my, so <laughs> I was not ready to go and audition for my first real show. Wasn't ready. Didn't have a rep book. Didn't have the right, um, how to talk to a company, a companist. I didn't have any of that skills. So my goal with my musical theater class is to make sure they don't feel embarrassed like I did. I don't want them to feel that embarrassed moment. So in there, we're working on their rep. So um, we just did Golden Age musical theater. So they had to find a classic song so we can work on that nice classic sound, that round sound, that very nice choral sound um, that comes from those uh, uh, musicals. Um, right now we're learning ballet. We just uh, went over the different positions, leaps and turns, and now they're learning uh, two eight, just a simple two eight count ballet sequence um, to a musical theater song so they can use those skills. And now it was so fun because as I was teaching them the dance, I was like, I know open your hands to a f open your hands to a second, but your feet are going to be at an open fourth. And they did it. I'm like, oh my God, it's like you're using what I taught you earlier, how to do this dance. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> um, and so, and then uh, next week or after we do ballet, we're going to duet singing and then we're going to do one more rap song so that then we're going to start going into the musical, which is just a review. Um, and we'll work on that in class as well. No after school. And then, then we get in my tech programs. 
this is where an outfit change happens because I'm all dressed up nice and then I'm like, I can't be dressed for tech. Um, my tech ones, they do help build the show. The first month I'm teaching them how safety, all that good stuff, putting the fear and God in them first. Then I say, all right, then I have leaders within that class. I'm like, all right, you seem like you understand this and you've communicated that to me, build this. Here's the instructions. If you need help, come get me. Others are like, I don't want to build. I want to paint. I was like, great, paint this. And they come back, oh my God, that's beautiful. I wasn't expecting that texture, what? And then you just keep going and let them do it. And so they built the whole set. Like they built my tech ones, built the set. And then my tech two, my advanced tech, they're the ones that like set everything up for them. <laughs> they go back and fix what they messed up. Um, or they're doing more specifically like the lighting stuff that's a little bit more complicated that they don't know yet. Um, so that's kind of what my afternoon is. And then after the big show is over, then we go into actual like project base. My um, advanced tech had a prop project that I um, tried out this year. And I was like, all right, here's your prompt. We live in a post-apocalyptic world where dinosaurs exist. I need you to build me a prop that looks like it's going to work, but it doesn't have to, but you have to know the mechanics of it. And you need to know how to build it. And I want you to build it. I want you to present it and you're going to tell me how you're going to stun this uh dinosaur and not kill it <laughs> and they had they that's what that was their final they had to research they had to come up with a board they had to come up with a plan and then literally build the props so that it could be stage ready um so that's what they, that's what they're kind of doing right now now they're doing light shows um using movers and um good old etc <laughs> i'm exhausted Hearing about all that um, and, and thinking back to when I, I was still in the classroom and that sounds very similar to my days. Um, and I know I didn't take care of myself. Um, is Abe taking care of himself? And if so, how? I mean, I am much better than last year. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, um, it's hard. Uh, it's, I'm only rehearsing Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday um, from five to seven. And I do, we used to do mornings cause that's what the other teacher before me did, but I'm doing five to seven because I need my mornings to prep for my day. And that's my quiet time. Um, so that helps me as my job. And then um, as soon as I'm gone and I've locked the doors, I'm in my car, I'm done. Like, I'm done. I'm not answering anything. I'm going home. I'm being the uncle that I need to be for my niece when I go home. Um, I'm walking my dog because um, he's been really upset with me and climbing over fences because he's like, well, if he won't look at me, maybe he will if I run away. I'm like, please don't. <laughs> um, so there's, there's, um, there's a lot of balance happening. I have Fridays off. I did nothing for Friday. Those are my days. I used to do a lot of Saturdays. Very rarely am I doing a Saturday. I say that as like this Saturday, I'm going to go come back in, but that's because I have to focus my lights and it's been bothering me. So I have to focus <laughs> my lights. Um, so, uh, but I, it, it's hard. It's hard to balance. It is, it is hard to balance and find that balance because you want to do the best thing because it is your program, but you also got to remember. And, the, and the, I guess because you, I remember at the end, you want me to say something, but uh a last bit of words, but something that I am realizing, like once you're, if you go or like, they're going to replace you. Like you are replaceable. Like it sucks because you put a lot of work into it and you're, this is your vision, but ultimately that you are replaceable. It's just going to look different. And so that has been growing more in the back of my head as I've been working, right. I mean, year 10, been a decade now after doing so much, labor and like putting my blood and guts in it now i'm just like it'll happen if it doesn't we'll find a solution what are they gonna do fire me okay <laughs> like it's it's, it's <laughs> that's extreme but uh, <laughs> but it, it's 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 just having that mentality like just do it because you enjoy it and it's it's you know you're in the right profession with teaching when it doesn't feel like a job. When it feels like work and a job, then you're probably not in the right place. You might have to find different admin or different location, different community. But you'll find it. And once it, once you're, you're 
passionate and you're happy and the kids are happy and you're happy. Like it's a, it's a very good vibe. It's a good vibe. Um, and it's, it's great. Like today, my, one of my, one of my, my um, students came in and he's like, I'm going to get you chips and salsa. I was like, why? He's like, I'm going to get you chips and salsa. He came and got, gave me chips and salsa from Chili's um, senior. And he's like, so I went to the doctor. Apparently I have uh, a lot of broken, uh, a lot of fractures in my wrist. I was like, what? He's like, yeah, so I might have to have surgery. I don't know yet, but I'm going to go get a splint. Okay, bye. Because he knew I needed to what? Stress eat. <laughs> so he prepped me. And I was just like spiraling after. I was like, okay, worst case scenario. <laughs> just like going off on there. Um, but they know, like they, they, they learn how you work and it's great. And that's, it's moments like that where like, yes, it's unfortunate. Is it going to suck that we maybe have to do some stuff, but I'm not worried about it because we'll figure it out because my kids are smarter than me and they know me to the T that they need to bring me chips and salsa when they bring me bad news. <laughs> I'm glad to hear that, that this year's better than last year. And yeah. um, I just, I know my, I know the listeners can't can't see your face right now, but you, you light up every time you talk about your kids. You 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 smile every time you talk about the work that you do with them, um, and and you, your whole life sounds like it's kind of been in preparation for this moment for you um, and and this time with your students. And I just I want you to be fresh and ready for all those moments. I don't want I don't want you to be one of those teachers that burn out and that we don't see anymore because you're. I can just hear your, your love for your kids and, and, and your passion for this subject. So I just hope you do take care of yourself and that you're still, you're still um, as fiery about this 10 years from now. Oh, God willing. <laughs> <laughs> I am now, um, I think I can say this. I don't know if I can. Well, there's a theater I work really close with <laughs> in San Antonio called Teatro Adas. Um, and I only bring that up because that particular um, theater company I'm passionate about because it caters to stories that are for specifically Latino, queer, and female um, stories, right? Um, and so I say that only because I would like the teachers or the future teachers out there know that you as a theater teacher are a conduit for these stories. You're, you are a vessel for these stories to share with not only yourself and what you've gone through, but help what your students are going through. Because you might be in a place where they don't look like you, your students don't look like you do, or they haven't gone through the stuff that you do. So really try to branch out your vocabulary and your scripts and your playwrights so that you are very well-rounded in the types of play. So you are pre prepared and equipped to give that student who um, may be African-American and don't give them fences again as a monologue, right? Like grow it. So that's why I say that because um, not only is she this plug because it's a pro, uh, theater company I'm, I love and I'm a part of, but I think it's something that they don't prepare you for or something you don't think about. Like I'm always conscious of it because I, I, I've been told I'm brown my whole theatrical, theatrical life. I've been told that um, because of the casting, because of, um, so one of the fun stories of Southwestern, <laughs> they told me my senior year, we have a part for you. It's like, oh no. And um, it ended up being, we did Heartbreak House. Um, uh, uh, and then I played, um, <laughs> I played the uh, Italian uh, uh, salesperson. And I was like, that's the role you had for me. The Italian salesperson. So <laughs> they're much better now. But like, it's moments like that where you're reminded and you don't, you might know that you do it subconsciously either, but just we have to, as theaters, we have to be so conscious of it because theater is a reflection of what's happening out in the real world. And that's why we do it so people feel things and it's a visceral but also remember that these are these are babies these are students and they're going through things so try to help encourage them by giving them the the means to share what they need to share when they can't yeah yeah and and that work is it, like i appreciate you saying that that, that it we we have to continuously do it 
It's not a one and done. And, and, and it's up to us to, to do the research, to Google those plays, find those, those crosswalk flow charts of, of if you teach this in the canon, try this uh, for, your, for your students of color, for your queer students, for female playwrights. Um, because, I, and I'm, I'm probably going to ruffle some feathers as I say this, and that's okay with me, because um, I don't have to see them as they get ruffled. Um, the, many of the things that we, we call canon, um, that we grew up and we're supposed to love and, and teach all the time, it's not relevant to our kids anymore. And they don't care. Um, so you got you've got to find a way to harness them and and pull them back and like like you like you're doing with with the Shakespeare stuff. Find a way to make it relevant to them. Let them explore it. Let them explore the themes and create those adaptations. Um, but but there's so much wonderful work out there if we just Google or get on New Play Exchange or devise something with your kids, right? Um, so mm. I, I appreciate you saying we, that. Yeah, no, we did that last year. I didn't know what to do with them. And I was like, what's a lesson that can last a long time? Ah, we're going to write a play. <laughs> and they did. It was for children and we couldn't bus it to the kids. So we recorded it and sent it to all the link to all the elementary kids. And it was great because yeah. they did it. It was purely from them and their imagination. And um, I just wanted to remind teachers that like, because again, reason why we do theater is because it's to make people feel things. If we didn't want to make people feel things and just perform, we'd be in movies or television, right? Where we can easily turn it off and separate ourselves from it. The reason why theater exists is because it is in the same building and you are witnessing it live. And that's a different feeling when you see someone hurt or someone fall in love live before you, it hits you. And so that's the feeling that we need to make sure it's not just for a certain kind of people, but all the kinds of people. And so I just wanted to remind them that because I don't know if they are or not. I haven't been in school for a while, so no, <laughs> I don't know. It's so important. So thank you. I appreciate you taking a moment to, to share that. Well, Abe, my final two questions are the ones that I ask everyone. And the first is, what is a resource that you are using or have used that is a must-have for theater teachers? If you are, haven't looked up theater lessons and borrowed stuff from the Brigham Young theater teaching um, lessons that they have available. What are you doing? Um, it's always okay to borrow ideas. I mean, I forgot who the author is, but uh, I gave the book away to one of my students a while ago, but it was um, steal like an artist. Teaching is an art. We're going to steal and borrow things. There's no original idea. Um, you can tweak it and make sure you give credit, right? But um, borrow when you feel like you're lost and you don't know what to do, just ask, right? Google, um, Teacher Pay Teachers is good. I have, uh, me and my um, colleagues have a technical theater um, compendium um, unit called MABS, and um, that's M-A-B. And um, in that you have a whole technical theater um, unit with lessons ready to go in Google form because we did that during COVID because we were trying to figure out how are we going to teach tech on a computer? Like how do we teach technical theater that way? And so that's where that came from. And all three of us kind of like called each other, like, what are you doing? What are you doing? What are you doing? Oh, well, if you have this lesson, well, let's just put it together. And then we just put all our lesson together. Like, well, I guess there's other teachers out there that would want this and they did. And so, we're continuing uh, updating them and we're working on scaffolding other um, levels, but it's MAB, uh, MAB, Technical Theater Compendium. So you can use that, but I'm basically giving you permission to borrow and like, just don't feel like you have to recreate the wheel. The wheel's been turning. You just gotta jump on that track. <laughs> like you just gotta get on there. Um, don't feel stressed out about that and having to rethink of something and of course you'll have those moments where you're like i think i want to do this and you try it it's gonna fail rewrite it tweak it for next time and that's perfectly okay and acceptable what are your parting words of wisdom for that new teacher entering the field or the veteran just needing an encouraging word right now um go to bed <laughs> um go to bed it'll get done um if not in the morning it will get done um it always does um even if there's a deadline, it always will get done. If it passes a deadline, just communicate. Always communicate. And um, just remember why. Just remember the why. Always remember the why. Yeah. 
Well, Abe, thank you so much for joining me tonight. And I'm going to wrap this up and tell you to go to bed too because it's time. So thank you for being here tonight and and just sharing your stories with us. Uh, Of course. Thank you for having me. And that is a wrap for this episode of Fed Talks Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Please visit our website at www.fedtalks.com where you can find all of the past guest pages with their valuable resources and lots more information on the website for you. Subscribe to the podcast on your favorite podcast provider so that it automatically populates in your podcast app so you don't have to miss a single episode. Please rate us, leave us those five stars, review us, tell us what you're liking, and more importantly, share the podcast with all of those theater educators in your life who you think could benefit from what we're doing here on the show. You can email me at jimmy at fedtalks.com and I will always respond. I love interacting with you on there. Visit us on Twitter at Theater Ed Talks, Facebook, the Fed Talks page, and on Instagram, Fed Talks Podcast. Teachers, I appreciate you. I love you. And I am so grateful for all that you're doing and the light that you're bringing to this world. Continue to change those students' lives and continue to make a difference in the world. Join us next week for a new episode. I'm your host, Jimmy Chrisman. Have an amazing week.